Welcome to the Husky Hockey Podcast, your number one resource for all things Husky Hockey, NCHC Hockey, College Hockey, the whole kit and caboodle. We got it right here. Weldy in with Andrew talking college hockey, and I got just one quick question for you, Andrew. In the grand scheme of things, one weekend off from COVID, getting it canceled, is that better or worse than having a goalie, your starting goalie, bolt midway through the season? I think I take the, uh, the off week. Yeah, a little bit of rest uh, I think is good. So, yeah, big news with Jack LaFontaine bolting the Gophers and heading signing for the pros at Carolina. We'll touch on that in a little bit, but first, let's go ahead and talk a little bit of Huskies hockey, get some of that business out of the way. And it uh, was a cancellation, uh, or a postponement is what the official word is right now. I haven't had any word of make updates. Era of COVID, and you know, with cases kind of spiking, it's getting more and more common. I mean, not just college hockey and professional hockey, and you know, I. I don't know if we're going to see uh, this going to be made up, and but uh, I, I hope it does because actually four four games in a matter of you know eight contests overall to end the season against Duluth that'll that'll get my blood pumping that's for sure. Yeah, it will, and especially with these two teams at four or five right now. I mean, we could be looking at a playoff series on top of those top of those games. Uh, yeah, obviously. Uh, Cancellation is never a good thing. Denver and Omaha also canceled this weekend, uh, which was, you know, that was slated as well. And that was going to be on CBS Sports, too. Yeah. I can't remember if it was a Friday or Saturday game. Yeah, I'm not sure which game was going to be the national game, but. uh, So whatever game was going to be bumped anyway for an overtime uh, college basketball game. Unless maybe that one, maybe that was, the basketball game was scrubbed for COVID. Who knows, but. and Denver, obviously, being uh, St. Cloud's opponent this weekend, uh, we'll get into that later. But uh, and this was, uh, you know, not not judging because this could happen to any team. Could happen to St. Cloud. Knock on wood, it doesn't. Um, but this was on Duluth's end. Was that's where the COVID issues were were from? You'd think if I mean, just hope that this is the last cancellation. Again, maybe that's overly optimistic to think about it. Uh, to think at this point, but if, I mean, you'd have to think in, especially in conference play or really in any series, I mean, it's the easiest to make it up against Duluth because it's a two hour plus drive each way, which in college hockey terms is like right next door. Um, So obviously I did see that, there is the possibility of pushing back the Western, the home Western series to the week after. So the, I think the 10th or 11th and 12th of February right now, that's that series between St. Cloud and Western is at the first weekend in February, the fourth and fifth Western has the 11th and 12th off as do the Huskies at this point. You can move that series to that, to the next weekend and then play the Duluth St. Cloud series, the fourth and the fifth, which Duluth has that weekend off right now. That's possible, but I'm sure Western has already booked the trip and hotel rooms and flights. It's going to be a pain for them to reschedule. That would be the best case scenario because you're still playing on a weekend. Uh, but if that doesn't work, I would hope that week weekday series, either just maybe single games twice, 
because again, it is the shortest trip possible between these two teams in the conference. I would hope that that is the possibility if they absolutely can't do that, which I don't know why they wouldn't. I would hope that St. Cloud gets a little, little bit of, little bit of East Coast flavor here in in Minnesota what? with the uh, the Tuesday night games. Right. That's yeah. That's not totally uncommon on the East Coast because you're you know everyone's clumped together in a pretty small, relatively speaking, a smaller geographic uh, area. Can't really do that in the, the the West when you know NCHC has teams in how many states? Five, six states. Um. So. Yeah, uh, the reason the West doesn't have a ton of midweek games is for this reason. But you could do that. I mean, like I said, you wouldn't be able to do this with CC. It would be a little tougher to do. But uh, but with Duluth, I think it is possible. Plus, it's like, you know, everyone says, you know, the college hockey needs to be like the NHL. You know, ape the NHL in a lot of, in a lot of ways. I mean, the NHL, the, 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 just having it a Friday-Saturday schedule. You know, NHL plays every day of the week. You know, they play three, four games a week. So get them ready to play in the pro type of schedule and throw in. I mean, we're modeling college hockey. We're modeling college hockey off of the NHL. Correct. Or, or I was gonna, I was also gonna say, if you can't, if you just can't remake the games, give St. Cloud the uh, home series at the end of the year instead of going up to Duluth. I mean, again, I'm not. I don't think that anyone's trying to do this. I don't think unless they're flagrantly violating protocols which i don't think is happening so i'm not saying that that's you're punishing duluth but they were the ones that started this and why why do they get the two home games rather than st cloud if if you can't make them up uh so that last series of the regular season put that at st cloud if you can't reschedule it but i'm i hope that they and i think they will reschedule it i'm confident that they will um so open to because four games against duluth is you know they said if they can't remake or reschedule the games then they're going to go by winning percentage rather than points because then you'll have an uneven number of games played. Don't want to get to that point. But uh, especially with these two teams going to be jockeying neck and neck the rest of the way, you'd think. You know, every game you play against them is uh, vitally important. So really do hope that they make the games up. Uh, but yeah, it's a, it's a sucky situation. You know, that's kind of a good point. I mean, first off, Colleges don't want to lose the game. I mean, this is rival teams. They're going to want butts in the seats, especially after not having that last. But, you know, if you're not able to make the schedule work or the games, maybe switch that last season of or the last series and switch that to a home-and-home. I mean, that should be fairly simple to do. So, But I I like your idea of just um, putting in, you know, some just kind of random Tuesday games and whatnot. You probably have to do two of those. I don't think you're going to play back-to-back like a Tuesday-Wednesday series in between two other weekend series. They'll probably have to come down for a Tuesday and then two weeks later come down for another Tuesday. It was probably how I would do it. I like I, I like it the other way, back-to-back series. Four days. Just let's get nuts. Let's well, get then crazy. you'd have six games in ten days. Because you'd have Friday-Saturday and then like Tuesday-Wednesday. I, I mean, I know... You know, I know how many times I, I did that when I was in Pee Wee's? I know Michigan's health department would never go for this. But... Uh, uh, that's true. Uh, but we're, we're tougher in Minnesota. Yeah. Um, another thing about Western Michigan here is they actually play in Duluth on the 28th, 29th of January. 
So the fact that they're already in Duluth on the 28th, 29th, and then play they might right now the fourth and fifth. Yeah, they might be staying in Minnesota the whole. They're week. probably staying. In Minnesota. Yeah. yeah, so they. So, pro- I mean, they, they don't have. This isn't their problem. It's like why? Why should they have to move mountains in order to, get you know, make two other teams that's not them, make their day happy? So. That's true, unless the point percentage kind of screws you, and all of a sudden you're your task with going, you know, getting bumped down in the standing because of the points percentage. Yeah, it's possible. And, and, and Western could be like, Hey, we'll, we'll take the week off. We can go back home and get on a regular schedule and be there for, you know, we can take the week, that week off and just come back to St. Cloud the the weekend after Uh, they could say, sure. But I don't, that's a wrench in the plans. It's not so easy that, they're just gonna they don't have any say in this i don't think so uh I, yeah hopefully they can reschedule and we're speculating about all of this assuming that all other games go without it. right yeah if and that's you only have this for st cloud and i think duluth as well you only have one off weekend the rest of the way i mean if we're gonna move this series to that 12th and 11th to 12th of february and Again, knock on wood that no other games get canceled. Well, then you're you don't got an off day until the uh, week after the regionals and between you know before the frozen four. So, uh, yeah, you're. I'm kind of surprised that the league. You do have that day buffer in between games now. Oh, that's true. So. <laughs> yeah, I suppose so. I did. For I forgot about that. Surprised <laughs> the league didn't maybe throw in another off weekend in the second half um, to just be on the safe side, but. But uh, who knows if that would have even mattered. It's a, it's a math problem as far as who's off, which opponent is off, and can you shuffle these other series around? And uh, it's, it's, it's a uh, cluster uh, F. And so, yeah, I'm just hoping that they can somehow get these, yeah. games, get these games back on the schedule. Uh, and if it Same here, because, I mean, this is a fun... I mean, this is... Uh, this is a series I get up for. Now you... Uh, hate Duluth a little bit more, uh, shall I say, but not for, uh, I don't know, like, because you seem, correct me if I'm wrong, but you just seem that you're just annoyed more than anything with Duluth, yeah, I, so they're able to just squeak by on It's not even, it's just, it's, you can call it sour grapes or uh, jealousy or whatnot, but I mean, I just, they haven't had the type of program that screen that says, yes, back-to-back national titles. Like they 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 are they're not that good. St. Cloud was better <laughs> both of those years, and yeah, they crapped the bed against bad opponents when it mattered. But yeah, I just there it's not like you know if they were a team that was you know clearly just this juggernaut. I just, I don't think they were. But yeah, it's it's saltiness, and it's not probably fair. But they do the they do what they need to do in the when it counts. Uh, so it's. It's a gr- yeah, there's a grudging respect that's growing. Maybe that's backwards. Maybe the national title should have forced me to do that. But yeah, they're a tough team, and yeah, it's always a fun weekend when you play them. Always very, very, very tight games, and so I was looking forward to very it. Very tight, very intense. Yeah, yeah. You can tell the players. Uh, switching from the no series to a team that nobody likes, and that's <laughs> Denver. Um, so it's uh game this weekend at denver uh consider you know if they are going to be 
uh, you know, playing this again. Their series also with Omaha was canceled. So, or postponed or whatever you want to call it. Uh, it so it's going to be, eh, I don't know. I, I, I just, this game also is going to be, I believe this game is nationally televised. Is this? Yeah, w- one of them. Uh, Friday's game? Yeah, Friday's game is on CBS uh, Sports. So, in, you know, I, I just hope that the games get played. Denver is, I mean, maybe a little bit of a surprise. Maybe Sloshman was right at the uh, beginning of the season, but they're uh, a heck of a team. They've been scoring quite a bit, a little bit. You know, I've got a couple of questions there kind of sitting about their their schedule and whatnot. Not great. The, yeah, they had, they had a good stretch in there. I'm not, I mean, you, you played the teams that are in front of you, you beat the teams that are in front of you, but you, know, you had that tough stretch uh, where it was uh, losses at Providence and Boston College, who, you know, Boston College especially hasn't been very impressive to anybody. And then you get swept up at North Dakota, um, but then they were able to rattle off sweeps of Western Michigan, Miami, Arizona State, and then that split again. So uh, it's it's going to be it's going to be a, a tight series, and I, I don't know what to make of this Denver team. Things seem to be going in place for them right now, uh, even even with the tie against Alaska. That you know, following along on Twitter at least, where um, Alaska was able to tie it up there late in the third, but. You know, obviously they were able to dominate. So it's it, it's a series that I, I I'm looking for a little bit more jump from the Huskies to get out in front and and really take it to Denver. Maybe a little bit of a surprise for them, and you know, just kind of give them a little bit of a wake up. And their penalty kill has not been great this season. You know, under seventy five percent. Uh, the Huskies' power play, you know, I expect that to be kind of the X factor. Uh, but I'm excited to dive a little bit more into this Denver team and actually see what we've got and see if they are for real. I did pick them to win uh, the conference at the end of the year. Um, you know, midway through the year, what we're doing, I think they got the best road going up ahead. So uh, we'll we'll see. Kind of, what's your you know, kind of a quick take there on on uh, our next opponent with the Pioneers. Yeah, they got a good offense, uh, and a lot of that is, you know, they've beat up on, on the teams that they should beat up on. You know, 4-0 against Arizona State. They blew uh, Miami out of the building. Uh, that first game against Alaska, they, you know, both games they were dominant against Alaska from puck possession standpoint. Very surprising that Alaska was able to salvage a tie out of that. Uh, Four games against Arizona State, too. Yeah, and and in those games, eight goals, four goals, uh, six goals, seven goals uh, for Denver in each of those games, and so they've been racking up a lot of points. They got five guys right now uh, over the twenty point mark. Comparison: St. Cloud just has one right now, and Fitzgerald, but Bobby Brink is up there. I think he's top five in the nation in scoring with twenty six points. They got that the Savoy and Stapley play together. Uh, very, that's probably their. I'd say their their best line. Um, St. Cloud's uh, struggled in Denver, in Denver, the last few years. Lost their last six games at Magnus. Um, haven't won there since 2015. 
uh, when I was in the building, actually. Um, but uh, they swept that series that, that year. But uh, So it's been six years since they've won a game uh, in, in Denver. Uh, but that can certainly change. Magnus Krona, Huskies are familiar with him. He's been their starter for the last couple of years. Had some success with him last year. Um, just played him twice in the pod, and St. Cloud was able to beat him both times, 4-3 to three and 3-1. Three to one. And I thought both of those games, the score was closer than the, uh, uh, than the play, the gameplay would lead you to believe. I thought St. Cloud played very well in those games. But, you know, Denver had an off year last year, never was really able to, to gel. And what was the Schlossman theory? They, they weren't able to practice much together as a team last year. That's why they kind of had a, a hiccup of a year. Well, whatever they're doing this year seems, seems to be going pretty well. Uh, I've been impressed uh, with what I've seen. Um, I do tend to check in on them as much as, as, as I can because they're generally the late game been seeing a, a fair amount of them and yeah they're going to be a tough team for the huskies i i like the fact that they're both on on the weekend you know week off of you know it's not like one team it's not like the huskies played where where denver uh got the week off so that's kind of the, the rest issue is kind of equal across the board um yeah i might i might think that we're in for some higher scoring affairs i like your i like your prediction that uh, special teams will be key. Uh, wondering if that's going to be St. Cloud's kind of recipe. You know, if if that power play can continue to click upwards of thirty percent, they're going to be a very difficult team to to handle uh, the rest of the way, no matter who they play. Um, but if that uh, power play either regresses to the mean, or if teams make uh, adjustments either on their penalty kill, or you know they just they they don't take penalties against the Huskies. And then, you know, if the Huskies can't make up for that with some even strength uh, offense, then it might be a tougher road to hoe for the Huskies uh, from here on out. But I would be definitely would be happy with a split this weekend. Going into Magnus and sweeping is easier said than done. And should say that that uh, Alaska tie the last game out, that was the uh, first uh, non-win for Denver. 8-0-1 this year at home. Uh, so... Uh, they've been very difficult to play, uh, whether it's the altitude or whatever the factor is. It's always a difficult uh, road trip for whoever goes in there. So if you win a game uh, in Denver, you split a series, I think you're you're going to be more than happy with that. So, um, so it, But that's like I said, you're going to have to be the first team to go in there to beat them this year. So easier said than done. But... I like how the Huskies played against Bemidji. Uh, again, this is a step up in an opponent, but uh, I like what I saw there, especially with Hentius. And you know, if we get guys like Mietnin to to wake up and produce like we thought they would, uh, then I think the Huskies can match up fairly well with with Denver. It'll be a fun series. I'm I'm like I said, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, it's. The big thing I'm going to watch also, other than the special teams and whatnot, is going to be the line matchup. And, you know, Larson is definitely going to try to get you know, Herbix on the ice, you know, at the same time as, like, the, with their top line, with Carter Savoy and uh, whatnot. Because, you, you know, you see kind of the offense and whatnot really drives through a lot of what Savoy does. Um, 
Gutman is the guy, you know, at Husky, former, you know, formerly verbally committed to St. Cloud State. Uh, and now I switched over to Denver. Um, and, you know, Stapley and Brink, you know, they're able to just drive so much possession and so much or so many chances. And you're going to just want your best defense out of there. Matt Carl is going to do everything he can to try to get those matchups. David. Switched out. Oh, his, geez, his brother. <laughs> it's an understandable mistake. Under Understandable mistake. The, yeah, so he's going to try, uh, you know, his best to get the you know, the, the best matchup. I, I think this might be the deepest defensive core that Denver has faced this year, so that might cause a little bit more uh, struggle than uh, they've faced so far. That's I, I'm going to be interested, really interested to see those line Jeez, the shooting percentage for some of these players. You got to think that's going to cool off sometime. I'm seeing now that uh, Savoy, who was you know stud freshman last year, probably their best scorer last year, uh, and having another good year this year, 22 points in 16 games. Saw that he was out for the for the Alaska series. I'm wondering if he has some injury issues. Um, and I'm just googling now, not seeing anything. So. Uh, but yeah, that top line of, of, if, if it is, if he is going to be healthy to go, uh, Savoy, Brink and Gutman, you know, Denver always has every couple of years, they have a, a nickname line. What was it? The Pacific Rim. Uh, that might, I don't know if they've come up a name with this for this one yet, but that's a pretty damn good line. I want to, I want to flag that to see if Savoy is going to be healthy because if he's out, it's a big loss for them, but, uh, they do have, I think the, uh, the reinforcements to to cover that kind of loss. I mean, that means that Stapley's on their second line. And I thought he's a pretty pretty good player himself. So, yeah, this isn't just a one line team. Um, but I'm assuming he's gonna be back back to play because I don't see any any news that would uh, claim he's not gonna be good to go. So, I I think he's gonna be good to go because I now I'm just trying to look to confirm, but I believe he had COVID. Is he? So I think. He was out. He had to sit out because he wasn't on the World Juniors, was he? No. Okay. Yeah, he was forced to sit out during the weekend against Alaska uh, due to COVID-related. Okay. Yeah, guessing he'll be oh. back then. So, I I think he would have started against Omaha or played. And I remember last year, I think he scored. I mean, of the what five goals they scored, he scored a couple of them against in the games against the Huskies. Uh, and he was a. Uh, a very good player for him uh, in the pod, even though they had a they had a rough stretch. Uh, the fourth the round pick, fourth round pick of Edmonton, so they got kind of a steal there. Yeah, he scored two of the four goals for Denver against St. Cloud last year. So, yeah, it'll be a it'll be a tough uh, weekend. And like I said, I'm I would be thrilled with a with a split or any be really thrilled with anything more than that. But don't want to get too greedy. And this is the only only time you play Denver this year. So you don't have a return trip to St. Cloud. So, you, you, you know, pairwise, at the very least, you don't want to take the 0-2 weekend. Um, yeah. So if we could find a, a way to, to get a split out of this weekend or better, uh, that bodes well for the Huskies going forward. 
right now, uh, sitting in the pairwise, Denver sitting at fifth. St. Cloud State right now is at third. Third tied with Western Michigan in the pairwise, but St. Cloud State holds the tiebreaker over Western Michigan in the RPI, which obviously only makes sense considering Western Michigan beat the Huskies twice so right. that they would be ranked. Yeah, college hockey's. I try to explain college hockey and the pairwise to people, and it's just like, forget about it. Yeah, you have that clump of uh, NCHC teams all in that number one seed to number high number two seed range. That trimmed out a little bit this weekend. If we can, I don't know, if we want to transition to other stuff. Hey, I am for any time humiliating North Dakota. That's right. That's where I was going. (laughs) North Dakota, yes. North Dakota, I think, was four or five, somewhere in that range, or dropped down to 11. Got swept uh, by Cornell at home. First uh, home sweep uh, in, in North Dakota in a couple of years. And those are always rare. Uh, I watched both of those games, and uh, Cornell really late comeback on, on, on Friday night, 3-1 to one deficit. Yeah they, were, yeah, they were down 3-1, to one, right? Yeah, and about they got... Second goal about 10 minutes to go, and then they got two quick ones, maybe six, seven minutes left to uh, take the lead and kind of stole one there on Friday. And and I didn't think that North Dakota really showed up very much on Saturday. They did get the first goal, but uh, then Cornell got the last three, I think, three to one win Yeah, without their coach uh, on Saturday night. So a big series for Cornell. We talked about them last week. I had them out of my field because of their sweep against Arizona State. It's like, that's another thing about college hockey. So Cornell goes down to Arizona <laughs> State, and they get swept. They go back, they go up to North Dakota, sweep North Dakota, and then Arizona State goes out to BU, who's having not a good year, and they just get their ass kicked. Uh, that's, uh, I don't know how you really square all those results uh, and, and make any sense of it, but huge uh, sweep for Cornell. It might be... That could end up being the difference between them making a making the tournament or not, uh, because as we've mentioned, ECAC being so low this year, they just don't have a ton of opportunities to make hay, make you know, gains in the pairwise. You needed something like this, um, you know, a big road sweep against a team that uh, is high in the pairwise, like uh, North Dakota's, and North Dakota's not so not as high as they were in the pairwise uh, than they were a couple of days ago, and and they won that, you know, North Dakota had Sanderson in the lineup. I mean, they had a Gaber was hurt on Saturday or was it? I think it was Gaber. No, uh, Hain was out, got injured on the Friday game. So they were a little, I mean, shorthanded, I guess on Saturday, but, um, they, they started that Helston as well. Uh, and I'm wondering if that was a reaction to Driscoll letting him down with those last three goals on Friday. I don't believe it was an injury. I didn't hear anything about it, but, um, so they had their backup in on Saturday, and that couldn't help them turn the tie. But it was most, for the most part, a full North Dakota team that uh, that was on the ice in the weekend. So not the best start for the second half uh, up in Grand Forks. Um, see how they uh, rebound from that. Yeah, looking up at Driscoll's stats, only 13 saves, four goals against on Friday. And, I mean, I know... You know, sometimes the defense lets you down and whatnot, but yeah, you gotta have a goaltender have better stats. And I, North Dakota fans, just must be fuming at uh, 
what's kind of transpired here. Um, last. Is that a transition to uh, fan bases fuming about goalies? Hey, let's let's keep this transition train going. I like it. So, uh, and see now I'm second my guessing myself on everybody's first name. Don't so, say don't say Pat. That, don't say Pat because uh, I think that's right, what the Huskies announcers were saying when they played him earlier this year. I don't even <laughs> think he's related to Pat Lafontaine. Might be like know. a cousin or something, but he's definitely not his kid. So, yeah. Oh, Jack Lafontaine. There you go. Okay, perfect. Uh, for goals, the rest of his college eligibility signs with the Carolina Hurricanes. Uh, and yeah, I mean, at first I was really kind of struck back because um, it's your fifth-year guy, announces he's coming back, so the Gophers' backup goalie transfers out to Wisconsin to try to get some playing time. And then, boom, halfway through the season, Gophers are, what, 10th the pairwise? Somewhere in there, still in the mix in the, in the Big Ten, and uh, the goalie's just gone. So, you know, I'll, I'll finish with my take on it, but what's, you know, what was kind of the first thing that crossed your mind? When you heard? I was taken aback as well. Just, we don't see mid-season sign, pro sign, like NHL signings too often. I remember, and I, they said in the article that I read that the last one, and I do remember this, is when Oak Poso was the last time that a gopher had left mid-season or signed a pro contract at least mid-season. I remember when that happened. Yeah, and that was Garth Snow was the GM. Yeah, yeah. And then blasted Lucia for not developing. Okay, and then forget Lucia, that. Yep, and then Lucia kind of responded with, like, it's not our job to develop players. <laughs> and then Garth Snow, like, the next two years, or, like, a year later or the year after, drafted Aaron Ness <laughs> went to the Gophers. <laughs> so it's like, what are you doing? Uh... Anyway. So yeah, it's it's uh I mean and yeah, he was the Richter Award winner last year, which frankly surprised me. I guess I forgot that. Uh over Dryden McKay because everybody else had an asterisk like you do over Dryden McKay's gaudy number. Well, I, I'd put an asterisk with uh with his numbers as playing one well, yeah, as playing the, the Big Ten last year, plus Arizona State. Uh I don't think that was maybe the best competition either. Who don't you have an asterisk on? I yeah, I've yeah, I'm asterisk Andy. You can call me that from now on. <laughs> and I've just you know seeing him. I I didn't watch him much last year, really at all, except in the tournament. He didn't look all that great there. Uh, and then against the Huskies this year, I said on the podcast, I was like, he's not really he's not really blowing me away here. He is, and his stats this yeah, year aren't even nine hundred save percentage, which is below average. I'm sure. I mean, the elite level kind of starts at ninety two, and this year we got guys in ninety five percent range. Well, North Dakota would love to have yeah, a nine hundred yeah, right now. That is true. Um, and so not exactly setting the world on fire this year. You know, I was thinking, does he know something about? possible cancellations, you know, COVID kind of rearing its ugly head and he wants to get out and, and sign a paycheck while the, while the, while it's out there. I, I, I mean, just reading the article about, I mean, he's getting $90,000 signing bonus. 
he's probably going to go right to the NHL just because, which surprises me. I didn't know about Carolina's uh, goalie issue right now. They, they, that's down. the thing when you peel the Larry, it's fun to speculate about academic probation. Or I wouldn't think that anything he's, a, like he's that. a grad student. He's, he's uh, not only is this his fifth year playing, it's his, well, he's been, so his college career started in 2016. That's six years ago. I mean, he started at Michigan. <laughs> he bombed out there uh, and then transferred to Minnesota. And back then, he had to sit out a year. So he sat out the 18-19 season and then play, has played three years or parts of three years for the Gophers. So this is his, you know, I mean, he didn't play the 18-19 season, but there's been six seasons in college hockey since he is, uh, since he has started, which also surprised me that, they said that Carolina had, they drafted him in 2016. Um, and I thought the whole thing was, this was the Bobby Geffert rule, the, I mean, the Jimmy VC kind of deal. I only thought that you had the draft rights for four years. And then it was the June 1st deadline, then anyone could sign him. That was what happened with VC and a couple of other guys. That Justin Schultz from Wisconsin had this happen. So I'm like, well, if he was, I mean, this is is six drafts ago or five drafts ago, at at least. How does Carolina still have his draft rights? I still don't have a good answer about that. Maybe the transfer situation played a factor in that. I don't know why it would necessarily. Um, And so, and that's, it sounds like he wasn't signed as a free agent. They signed him as their draft pick because he would have, he is going to be a free agent this summer. So he's signing his entry-level deal now. Gets an eight, a ninety thousand dollars signing bonus. It's a split contract, so he's gonna make you know boatloads of money, prorated whenever he's on the NHL roster or probably even the taxi squad, and then significantly less if he's at the AHL, which is probably where he's gonna end up most of the time. But he's probably gonna be on the roster or the taxi squad like this week and next week maybe. I don't know if he's gonna necessarily get into games for Carolina, uh, but they needed some guy. I, I'm a little conflicted about that. Uh, I, I understand it from his perspective. He's getting a big payday. This is his, you know, he's already grad students. He's already graduated. Um, and, I mean, I don't like the timing of it. I would be shocked if, you know, if I was a teammate or someone on the coaching staff, I'd kind of be taken aback by the timing of of all this. But, so I don't really blame him for taking the money. I mean, I, I probably would do the same thing if I was in his situation. Um, maybe again, maybe not the timing, but I'm not going to blame him for, for cashing in on, you know, what his life goal uh, is. But I don't know the, 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 the idea of Carolina, I mean, the Carolina sent one of their guys like assistant GMs or something to the Michigan state series. And then it was that Sunday morning offers him the contract. It's like, really, I mean, it's not like you're going to, it's not like this is a long-term solution for Carolina. I mean, this is a short-term, we got to put a fire out, we got to have an emergency goalie on roster for the next couple of weeks until our two main, you know, main guy and our main backup get back healthy. Uh, it's like, you, you couldn't find anybody, you had to dip into the college ranks and pluck a guy off a, off a college team in order to do that. For some reason, that doesn't sit very well with me. And the other thing is I I don't think the Gophers are necessarily sunk by this. I think I'd still stand by my prediction that they're going to make the tournament. Um, 
based on the fact that LaFontaine wasn't setting the world on fire. And I think they have a good defense where, uh, and, and a good offense that, I mean, they got, they put 60 shots on net in a game against Michigan state on Saturday. So I think they're well suited or as well suited as a team can be in a situation like this to, you know, to put an unproven guy in net and do fine. Uh, I, I don't think they're going to win the tournament. I didn't think that last week either, but I think they can handle the, I can think they can handle it. Um, I don't really care if they do or don't, frankly, I just, my gut tells me that I think they're going to be fine, but I just, I don't, I don't want this to be a trend. Uh, you know, we had like a, there was a Boston university guy that I think sign an ECHL deal. You see those every now and then that's more common is, and a lot of those are grades and academics and can't cut it. Maybe not finding ice time. I'll just sign an ECHL deal. It's these deals where you're going right to the NHL that are relatively rare. And I want them to stay relatively rare, if not non-existent. Um, what, what's what are so I had a lot of thoughts there. I don't know if that made any sense, but what's what's your take? No, it's well, I don't think it's going to be a co- commonplace. I mean, these are just kind of rare circumstances, and I think Jack just kind of sees this opportunity, and I don't know how you could pass it up. Uh, you know, where you know, Bob Osco has even said in the past, like, if you're playing and if you have a chance to actually make it in the nhl you know and forego college eligibility he's going to pack your bags he said all for it but if if you're going in just to play you know muddle around in the ahl for a little bit it's not and i think this is kind of a rare circumstance where frederick anderson has been injury prone rata is completely like just doubtful when he is going to so, I mean, you're really with Alex Lyon there as the, the Carolina Hurricanes goalie. The Hurricanes are in a mode, you know, where they've been kind of the surprise team in the NHL for the past. So, you know, Alex Lyon, we should also say, you know, former Minnesota, or I guess. Won the nat- national title winner with, with Yale, correct? Yep. Uh, was it, or was, or, no, it, was, it wasn't him. Uh, Malcolm was the guy that won it for Yale, but he was, he might've been their back. He, I, he was after, it was after they won. The he went to title. Yale. I know he went okay, to Yale, so, but he wasn't the, he wasn't the goalie when they won the national title. Okay. So his first year was 13, 14. I think that's right. Okay. Sounds good. I'll, I'll check that, but uh, keep, keep going. Um, yeah. So then, so he's got this chance here to actually be on the NHL roster and you know who knows if you get a couple of good strings of games going you might get a permanent stay up there because it's not like Frederick Anderson or Andy Rada are stud goaltenders in their own so um you know just a comment from Moscow also just straight up future endeavordom just just like that's all he's gonna say about it which I don't expect anything more from that. Uh, but this leaves you to the situation now. If you're Minnesota, is <laughs> people wonder why every once in a while you give your backup goalie a start in you know some games, and this is why Moscow was riding him pretty much you know for the past three years, and 
it's you know now they're left with Justin Close who has appeared in just parts of six games you know over the last three seasons or and so it's just <laughs> that I mean it he came in twice in relief of LaFontaine so not even started a game yet so uh, he did start they played two exhibition games since the beginning of 2020 they played St. Thomas at Doug Wu, I think that's what they're calling Wakoda Arena now in South St. Paul. They played an exhibition game randomly against them, and then they also played the U18s. And that close played, uh, he started both those games. I think oh, he played, I think he played all those games, the entirety of those games. And that, so that really, that's, that's the experience uh, that he that's needs. The, yeah, but I do, get a cra- I do get a kick out of people saying how this shouldn't happen and no other sport allows this to happen. And it's like, welcome to college hockey. And I agree with you. I don't think that this isn't, this never has been overly common and I don't think it will become common, but, uh, but yeah, I, I it just, I, I'm surprised. I'm more surprised from Carolina's standpoint that they were so desperate that they needed to do this, that they couldn't find another goalie anywhere else. Uh, that they needed to not only do that, but a guy that really isn't isn't doing all that great this year. Um, maybe they maybe they think he's way better than I do. I'm sure they have better. I mean, they have people that their their life is scouting, um, and I'm sure they have more of a knowledge hockey knowledge than I do. So, what do I know? I'm just some chump on a on a podcast. But Let's switch gears uh, back to the Huskies because a little bit of news came out uh, shortly, yeah. uh, shortly before cancellation Duluth series and whatnot, and that's uh, our own Brett Larson is uh, getting a chance in the Olympics, um, becoming the uh, associate coach for the Team USA, and you know they said that they were going to lean a little bit more on college hockey and college hockey players. Um, because they saw some of that success from last, you know, some of their best players on that squad were college hockey guys, except Will Borgen, who they shunned from playing, apparently, which really kicked me off back. But um, it's a great opportunity for him. And and on the surface, I was like, hey, this is going to be great for recruiting and whatnot, you know, having an Olympic coach also. But then, you know, see, it's also uh, my case from Mankato. So, uh, okay, fine. <laughs> That's, uh, well, they can, they can both put it on the resume. Both. But, uh, so yeah, heck of an opportunity. And, uh, with that as well, Jake Sanderson, it did announce that he will be, um, accepting an offer to go play. In so it's, you know, apparently it hasn't been as hard of a sell to get people or get college players to play for the Olympics. Um, a lot more interest on the players. I don't feel anybody else has really come out and said or confirmed that they were going to play. But I mean, Olympics is still the Olympics, so it's. I think you know. I don't, I don't see anyone on the Huskies getting that chance, but I wouldn't blame anyone if they did. Uh, you know, even though it is a pivotal time of the year and whatnot, but that's literally could be a once in a lifetime shot. Yeah, I mean, you don't know the 2026 Olympics. I mean, we didn't know up until two weeks ago 
whether or not NHLers were going to go, it's probably going to be another thing like that. 2026 leading up to that, we're not going to know whether or not NHL is going to commit their players to playing in, in those Olympics. So this could be the last time for all we know that college players and staff make up a portion of the team. So yeah, as you said, this might be the only time that, that Larson can say, you know, I was on an Olympic staff. Um, head coach is uh, David Quinn, right? Former uh, BU coach and New York Rangers coach. So he's he knows the college game as well as the pro game. And, you know, big experience for Hastings as well. Uh, Hastings has done, a, he's done a head job at the uh, World Juniors. I'm wondering if that's going to be in Larson's future. Uh, doing a, a head coaching gig for the for the World Juniors some point down the road. I would probably put money on that um, as long as things keep going the way they are so far in his St. Cloud tenure. Yeah, I, I agree that I don't see St. Cloud losing anybody player-wise for the Olympics, um, but it's still going to be, you know, that's that's a bit of a challenge to go without your head coach for maybe the bulk of February. I mean, especially if we're thinking about rescheduling that Duluth series in that off weekend, um, probably at least three weeks. Cause you got a quarantine coming in and yeah. out depends too, whether or not I think, I think at the very most you're looking at the entire month of February that he's going to be gone. Um, but if the Americans don't make, you know, it depends on how far they make it in the tournament. and not using uh, pros, they're not going to be, I don't think, as favored to go as far. Uh, how did they do in 2018? I mean, they didn't, they didn't medal, did they? I don't think they did. Um, but, uh, so, I mean, if, they, if they're out relatively early, he might be back by the end of the month coaching, you know, behind the St. Cloud bench by the end of the month. But, I would at least you know get you know pencil him out for two to three weeks minimum, if not more. But he'll he'll be back by the by the by the playoff time and and I think we've seen the staff. Um, you know, Dave Shayek has a bunch of head coaching experience. You know, with uh, with Anchorage and he was buying Western Michigan's bench as their assistant for a number of years, and he's been at St. Cloud for a couple of years as well. And everything points to the fact that he's really well liked by the players. Uh, yep. And I'm wondering if he's going to be the kind of de facto interim head coach. I would, I would imagine. I would imagine. So. so, I mean, you know, uh, Nick Oliver uh, is also going to be, you know, his role will rise uh, with the, you know, with Larson out. So they're kind of be co-assistant coach, co-head coach, whatever the title is. I don't think they really even care about that. What the important thing is that the players buy into the system. They they like these coaches. I don't think there's going to be any sort of, you know, power struggle with anyone. Or uh, I think the the staff, as led by Larson, kind of instills the the rest of the staff to to work as a unit. And so I don't think they're I don't think the Huskies are going to suffer from a on ice standpoint about losing your coach. But you know it's it's a bit of an adjustment and. And everyone's got to kind of step up. You know, captains have to step up, and you know, also the your, your new coaches or a, a different coaching dynamic for for that three weeks to a month period. And I'm just, yeah, like you said, I'm glad that that uh, 
Larson gets this opportunity, and and Hastings get the opportunity as well. St. Cloud grad Mike Hastings. Um, so it's uh, good to see some uh, some Husky uh, representation, if not from the player side, uh, from the coaching side at the Olympics, uh, representing the country. Uh, the USA lost in the quarterfinals uh, in 2018 to the Czech Republic uh, on a, in a shootout. So uh, that was, you know, where... You know, some of the college guys that they went ahead uh, put on that roster, you know, where Troy Terry was just kind of, I would say, kind of the big standout uh, when it comes to it. But you also had, uh, you know, Jordan Greenway and uh, Ryan Donato. You know, those were the ones that kind of stood out while you still tried to throw out Brian Gianta. <laughs> and I think they realized kind of maybe a little bit quickly, like, okay, we you know, maybe we should lean on these younger guys. And yeah, and yeah, you mentioned like Gianta. You mentioned earlier, the, you mentioned this name earlier, Aaron Ness. I saw that he got an invite to their pre-Olympic camp. Career AHLer, generally. He's north of 30 now. And he's had a couple, couple cups of coffee up in the, up in the show. But those are kind of going to be some of the guys that are going to fill up the roster too. Kind of these lifelong AHL guys. Uh, so, uh, a mix of, a mix of college studs and then journeymen and guys that have played overseas and, and whatnot. It's kind of a ragtag bunch, but, uh, yeah, I'm excited to see what, uh, what, what the team they, that they are able to assemble and then, yeah, how they, how they look on the ice. Just a couple questions, you know, uh, surprising weekend off any, uh, do any, anything major or whatnot. Uh, it was in incredibly cold here in minnesota so uh i just stayed at home with two kids who were feeling a little bit under the weather but um so nothing major uh how about you do you have anything when anything was no college hockey to watch for the huskies do you watch any I, of the other games i watched some of the other games yeah i i subjected myself to the toilet bowl as we put it uh, the CC Miami, oh, the series. CC Miami series. Yeah, there's a reason why we didn't talk. Watch the, yeah, like I said, I watched most of the North Dakota games. Um, it was a nice weekend. I, I don't, don't hate me, but it was over 70 degrees this weekend here. <sighs> so, I, uh, I did get out and go for a run on. I can't. Both of those I days. can't. I can't wait. I can't wait till July when I get to ask oh, I you what the, yeah, <laughs> what the temperature is. You can do that. Uh, my wife and I started on on Sunday. We started watching Only Murders in the Building. How's that been on going? Hulu? And we've absolutely loved the first two episodes. So we can't. Um, it's going to be very hard for us to keep that as a Sunday night ritual and not binge the rest. Of it. And did uh, UMD purposely get COVID because Val's was closed for that? And uh, I can't rule it out. I think uh, I think either that or the fans revolted and gave the players COVID, so they don't have to come to the St. Cloud State Series without Val's. So we'll make sure we'll make sure Val's is good and open by the time uh, next next time they come by. Do some uh, investigating about that. I, I like the theory. I like the theory. I like uh, I, I like where Dan Jacobson was going with it because good old first DJ. you hear Val's was yeah first you hear Val's is closed. And 
Immedi- of, immediately the, you're going to hmm that something smells wrong here yep yep it's or Duluth faithful they love the vowels what can I say which I mean duh right oh I think I've made it clear this is my hottest take ever I'm just I I was not a vowels guy <laughs> ducking head um I'm I'm ending this podcast right now. I do it's not. not I don't know. It, it might be it might be a burger thing. Like uh, out here in the West Coast, uh, like you've ever heard of In and Out Burger? Oh yeah. This is like a cult following. I went there. I went there one. I finally went there, and it was like 11:30 at night. And the entire inside was packed. The drive-through. I was gonna just do drive-through. The drive-through was wrapped around the building, so that's why I went inside. It's like 11:30 p.m. Uh, and this is not a busy part of, of town here. But I got the burger. I got the special thing, the double with the fries. I mean, it was a burger and fries. I, I, <laughs> I, I just was very unimpressed. I mean, it was fine, but nothing that I would write home about. And that it, that, it kind of reminded me of Al's because it's like this is somewhat in that, uh, in, in that ballpark. In the same vein? Yeah. So Wow. I realize I'm not... Direct your angry emails to Andrew and not... Um, I do... I'm I'm a big fan, mostly of Val's Fries. Their burgers, I take or or leave. But, oh man, their fries and their seasoning on their fries are just second to none. That's my... As long as you like it. That's all that matters. That's where my controversial hot take (laughs) is... If, if we're going to go down this controversial fast food St. Cloud realm here, as if you have like Burger Time burgers with Val's fries, that would be my ultimate combo. And there's not really a good feasible way for that to happen unless you specifically have one person going to Val's and specifically one person at Burger Time because they are literally on the opposite yeah. ends of town. Yeah. So. But uh, that's that's my dream combo, and maybe one of these days, I'll get it. I'll, I have it. I have it. I'll cross my fingers for you. I'll I'll keep everyone updated once I am able to do it, and and I'll play Ave Maria and just cry because it's going to be so. <laughs> do let me know. Let me know when that happens. Let me know when the miracle happens. Will do. Well, that about does it. So uh, thank you for listening, and uh, hopefully we'll have hockey games to talk about. Yep. And even more, hopefully, hopefully a Huskies. So, right. uh, until next time, go Huskies! Woo! Woo!